Sup? What's happening? How are you? Hi, Sandy. I like the new do. Thank you. I just got out of the shower and I was too lazy to wax it into my faux hawk. Yeah, where's the spike? I want the spike. It'll be back. Despite what people think, you know, you guys know, short hair can be some maintenance, but, yeah, you know, going to wear it down for a little bit because, like, you know, you leave the wax in it for too long. So it lasted since Saturday. Today's the first day I washed it. So it lasted a long time. You got the lashes in? What's going on there? I have regular lashes on. Are those regular? Yeah. These are my... My oh. normal daily glue-ons, come on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love how many people are coming on and like everyone was messaging me today. They're like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I was like, yeah, like sometimes I'm funny and think of like funny things. Gotta mix it up. George made it, the graphic for us. I was like, yes. Nice job, George. We're going with it. So, I like it. Like we had the shades on, that was cool. Yeah, that was funny. I was like, I don't have any in here to wear. So, <laughs> but I like this topic because actually this is something I was discussing last night when I was interviewing Luke, because this is like, this is the thing that I run into and any of the fitness professionals who are on here, I'm sure you guys have had this as well, where um, a lot of people lately, because our industry swings many different directions, similar to the medical world, where, you know, I grew up with old school bodybuilding, like training in gyms that are completely dirty, old equipment, you know, music, a lot of sweaty people, like that is where you had your best lifts, not like these pristine, clean, like brand new machines and, you know, BS and stuff. And then, you know, we went into the, well, we have corrective exercise and everyone's a delicate flower and we need to correct all this function and blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, actually, no, we need to start lifting again. And then it swung back to, well, we only can do like, you know, circuits and metabolic work and you, you can do everything with that type of workout, just like coconut oil cures everything. Huh. So a lot of clients come to me only doing that stuff where they're doing straight like circuit stuff and as Joey just said like orange theory f45 you know I think CrossFit like like Charlie says is CrossFit even a thing anymore like you know those type of workouts people feel annihilated so they think that makes an effective workout and therefore it drives them into the ground we don't have any real like true strength training anymore where people take rest and it's like this foreign concept where it's like, all right, if you're going to deadlift like five or six reps, you'll probably need upwards of like two to three minutes to rest. And, and that's like totally unknown because people don't understand what lifting hard is anymore because they're lifting like walks. So, you know, you tell somebody to rest for like two to three minutes, they're like, oh my God, what do I do? And they're like ready to go after a minute. Well, you have to lift harder and heavier like I am dying after a set of deadlifts of like eight like I want all of the 90 seconds to two minutes that I'm given right now and this obviously as you know people want muscle mass that's the best way to build muscle mass so they come to us and it's high intensity high cortisol high stress all this shit 
they feel like shit, then they come to you. They feel like shit. They don't want to give up those types of workouts. They're chronically inflamed. It, and and it, it's a problem. Do you, you probably see those patients too. They're like high strung. They only want the workouts that they feel that absolutely obliterate them. You know, there are very effective workouts where if you go in for a lift and you don't sweat, like it's okay. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you see them just as much as I do. I'm sure it's like people come and they're, they're in, and oftentimes they're like, man, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually losing muscle. I'm putting on fat and, and my joints hurt and I'm tired all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, you're, you're wearing the, you burn the candle out of both ends. You know, they're eating less or they're fat, you know, and then they're doing these crazy ass workouts. And I, when I tell them to back off or to eat more or take some rest time or a deload week, they look at me like I'm crazy. Then they'll come back later and be like, holy shit, it worked. You're right. I'm like, yeah, you got to rest the body. You know, I see it physically when I examine just like you do. And then, but on the lab work, their cortisol's through the roof, their testosterone's down, their estrogen's out of whack. I'm like, Tell me what you're doing. Well, I'm not sleeping and I'm doing these orange theory five, six days a week. I'm like, well, oh, hold on, stop. There's the problem. <laughs> Let's fix this. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. It, I it, mean, it's, it, it's, it's great to mix it in, but yeah, you don't want to make a steady diet of it and overdo it. You know, like, like I told you with Julia, like, I'm like, look, do a day or two, but then have a rest day and do something else. Maybe just do some, you know, some five by five and take two or three minutes, four minutes between a set or something, do the total opposite and then mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Recovery is key. You're right. Um, can't see who said that, but it, it's, uh, it, I tell people like, if you're going to train hard, you have to recover harder. Mm. They, they have plenty of time to come into the gym multiple times a week. But then when you say, go get a massage, go do a sauna, like, they're like oh, I don't have time for that. When that's probably what they need. Okay, can you just go have an orgasm? Like that will help you tremendously. Like oh, I don't have time for that. Like listen, okay, that's a deeper problem that we have to discuss. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Like okay, we have to have a conversation. So maybe we can help you with like some erectile stuff, you know. But anyway, those those are those are things that like if if I can pull people off of the CrossFit train, and I say CrossFit as like a blanket statement for all like high intensity metabolic workouts. At least CrossFit does one thing right where they keep them short versus like the orange theories where I, I think their work to rest ratio is like 60 seconds on with five seconds rest or 10 seconds rest. Anyone who knows this chime in please because I've never done a class and stuff. And again, that it, that's great, but it's like all inherently aerobic work. So you need to mix it up, like Eric said. And it's funny because I posted on my story, you know, I recently joined a commercial gym. We usually train out of a private training gym. And I've noticed that the people that exist in the commercial gym have not gone away, where there's this guy who does a set and then he's shadow boxing like he's going to kill somebody in the corner. There's the shadow boxing guy. He's always there. He, he's been there forever. People feel like they need to do something in between. And then there's the woman who does like 14 exercises in a circuit and runs to each one like she's ready, you know, to kill somebody. Stressed out, God forbid you go near her machine because it's hers, even though she won't be using it for like six exercises from now. That woman still exists. The person who's like glued to the BOSU in the corner of the studio still exists. The guy who wears like the jorts and like the Timberland boots still exists. It was really funny, but I observed because I, I have not been in a commercial gym in so long and people don't lift hard. And when I say hard, 
doesn't mean the intensity of a hit style workout. It's like, all right, is your last two to three or one to two reps, like you're going to die and crawl on the floor and feel like you can't go anymore. And that's where like using rate of perceived exertion is so twisted nowadays because a lot of people's RPE is like, oh, as soon as the set gets hard, they're at a 10. No. And I'm going on a, a big tangent about this because it really upsets me because it is very psychological where people feel they need that sweat and they need that type of approach. And you see a lot of this actually like with women. Women like the sweaty metabolic workouts, like I get it. But there's also a lot of times where they're like doing a lunge and they're having a full on conversation. How? <laughs> How? <laughs> You know, like you're obviously not training hard enough to inflict a certain stress on the muscle if you're actually talking about what you did last night while doing a lunge, holding a goblet, like a... <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing is too, is like people like, kind of like a diet, right? You got to play the long game. When people do this, they think of inflammation, like, oh, I'm going to be sore, I'll be okay. But yeah, maybe, but how long can you do that? And it wears on you, just like not sleeping. It's a stress on the body. The number one uh, cause of chronic medical issues and physical issues is chronically elevated inflammation. And it's not just, a, oh, I'm sore for a couple of days, I'll bounce back. It doesn't work that way. Right. When you have cravings the next day, you're sore, you keep pushing through it, and then you get an injury. And then you're off for you know, three, four, five weeks, and then you're really behind the eight ball. So it's, it's not just recovering to feel better. It's recovering for your health to keep your mitochondria functioning, your hormones in check, your appetite under control. So it has health implications and long-term performance implications too. You got to play the long game. So yeah. inflammation is the devil. You got to got to keep it at bay. It's it's good for short-term. Maybe we could talk about that. It's like short-term bursts of inflammation are great, especially with hypertrophy. But you don't want it chronically inflamed, like seven days a week. That's not good. You're breaking your body down at that point. Yeah, like it, it's funny because I, I remember overhearing a conversation at a nail salon where a, a woman was saying. Uh, she asked me if I was a trainer or whatever, and, and then she was saying that she didn't like doing leg workouts because they made her legs bigger. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, try not to roll my eyes. Like, or, what do you mean by bigger? And she's like, well, right after. And I was like, oh, that's normal. And she's like, no, like it, it lasted. And I was like, okay. <laughs> now we're leg workout or we talked about, and I said, no, that like, that's normal. Like literally after a hard leg day, like I had today, I will probably weigh like two to three pounds more tomorrow because of the retention, the water retention, because of the inflammatory response. Actually, that's a great segue for you to describe like what exactly happened from an inflammation per perspective. Because someone asked, is, does that mean your CRP levels? Well, if you're going to take blood work at that moment, probably it would be higher. So what is happening internally? when you stress a muscle and it creates infl inflammation to where you notice it from like water retention and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and there's many things I can do, but the simplest version is that number one, there's just damage, there's micro trauma to the muscle fibers. And of course it's your body senses that kind of like if you, you know, break a bone, you, you get a cut, your, your cells are gonna rush in there to try to heal it. So when your muscles, are, when you're contracting, you're getting, you're actually tearing those muscles on a microscopic level which may not sound like a good thing, but that's, that is a good thing because then you're, that's how you grow up. That's how you get hypertrophy and thicker tendons, et cetera, by that healing process. So that inflammation is kind of like when things just heat up and break down and then your body's going to go in and heal it. So you get that acute inflammatory burst and that can last. It varies, you know, typically 
you know, 12, at least 12 to 24 hours. That's why a lot of times they'll say, you know, don't, you know, crush those same muscles, you know, for at least 24 to 48 hours, give it time to recover. So that acute inflammatory burst is fine. It turns on myokines and cytokines in the muscle, it turns on things like mTOR um, and other cytokines like IGF-1 and all these other met metabolic factors that heal the muscle, make it bigger, strong, not just the muscle, but your entire body. But if it's chronically inflamed, that's, that's when you're thinking of people when you get, okay, crushing it every day now they got a tendonitis and inflammation is not going away it's that inflammation that's now it's become uh, catabolic and it's become maladaptive it's not healing the way it should be and now you have an injury and it can prolong to an injury so um so that acute inflammatory state is a good thing you know like you know when you get that heat right? that burning and like you said you can sometimes get some water retention because you get a spike in your cortisol and spike above your your, your, your adrenaline it can pretend to retain a little bit of water and some salt and that's normal but again, if you recover and you chill it back down, it's gonna you're gonna pee it off, and that retention is gonna go away. That, that see, thank you for that. That's a very good explanation. And you know, one thing I like to remind you guys is, you know, we talk about the inflammatory response. We talk about cortisol. You want cortisol to be elevated during exercise because hormones are very they're like people where they act differently in different groups. So when cortisol socializes with growth hormone and IGF-1 and testosterone and adrenaline, when all those hormones are, are being um, released during exercise, that soup is very, very potent for fat burning. Mm -hmm. That's why after training, we like to have carbohydrates because insulin opposes cortisol and brings it down. So we don't want to have chronic cortisol elevation the rest of the day. We just want it to be elevated during training so it can amplify that fat burning response. Otherwise, like Eric said, it will break down muscle tissue if it's elevated alone by itself, not socializing with anybody the rest of the day. That's why it's important to eat. You know, eating will eating. help you mitigate injuries and all that. And say you're not hungry right away, that's fine. You, know, you have to remember the other cool little simple things you can do. You, you can put yourself back into a parasympathetic uh, rest and recover mode just by breathing. A lot of us don't breathe properly. Abdominal breathing, breathing with your stomach out, breathing in through your nose. There's nitric oxide that's released through nasal breathing. When you're done, yeah, like Ali said, crush it with your workout, get your coils up. But when you're done, once sometimes what I'll do, I'll just sit or I'll even lay on the ground and take 10 big deep breaths, close my eyes, just almost like a meditative state, just and just that 10, 20, 30 seconds of the deep breathing, boom, you went from a stress response, a sympathetic response, course elevation, and it's going to drop dramatically. Studies have proven this, and you will feel a hell of a lot better, and you will be back into rest and recover mode instead of being in a flame. If you crush your workout and go immediately upstairs and start typing emails and calling people and run around, you're, guess what? You're staying in flame. You're staying stressed, and then you're not going to, then if you do eat, you're not going to digest it properly because your, your, your blood is diverted away from your gut. So, chill just chill and rest and breathe and then give it some time and you're you know you don't have to slam a protein shake instantly like you know as long as it's within that first 30 to 60 minutes you'll be fine and even if you wait a couple hours you'll probably be fine but just let your body chill let it come down but just try that everybody just you know lay down close your eyes take 10 deep breaths with your abdomen see how you feel give it a shot and see what you think there, there's actually a woman in in the the they they put the assault bike in the studio and there's a woman in the corner of the studio who was doing that I thought she was dead because I literally I had my headphones in and she was laying there and it was like 10 minutes go by and I turned to see if like she's breathing and I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, all right, 911, do I have to put a mask on? Is she going to get pissed if I try to breathe? Like all these things got to start going through my head and then she moved her arm. And I'm like, fuck. Ugh. Anyway, um, total tangent. So somebody asked, 
This is a great question, Junior. If someone wants to get out of circuit training, get into harder training, where should they start? So the best place to start would be like pairing at antagonistic exercises. So like an A1, A2 pairing. So if you're going to do say like a goblet squat or a barbell squat for A1, then pair that with some sort of upper body pull, like a chin up or something that's on the harder side to start. And then make the rest period like 90 seconds because that will allow you to reproduce the same effort at a higher weight for a little lower amount of reps. So if you're used to doing like, you know, 12, 15 plus reps with maybe 10 to 15 seconds in between a rest, obviously you're not gonna be able to use a very heavy weight. So I would go, you know, as heavy as tolerable, maybe start with like eight to 10 reps and then wait 90 seconds and then do your, you know, your chin-ups or whatever, and then wait 90 seconds and then repeat that back and forth for three to four sets and then move on and create the same thing with the B series and the C series, and then just experiment with it and play on your phone. That's why we have them. No one talks to anybody in the gyms anymore because of you know the masks, at least in Connecticut and New York, we have to wear them. So, you know, start with that. And I would, you know, start with maybe three or four days of strength training. I don't really think anyone needs to do more than four days if body composition and, and muscle growth is what you're after, maybe five. But if you have a job and like a mortgage and children or like, you know, other responsibilities, it's very difficult to recover from that type of volume. So start there and just see how it feels too um, and see how you recover from that. And what would you say are, are like signs that you see people that aren't recovering from exercise when they come to you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, learning to listen to your body, listen to its cues. If you're tired or if you're fatigued, push through it, do, do something light, you know, and it takes time to get attuned to your body. But when you're done with your workout, I always tell people, say, how do you feel? Do you feel energized? Do you feel more like you want to do more? Not, not more workouts, feel good. If that, that's a good sign. If you're like, man, I just got through that. I'm dying. I'm just ready to crash. Well, that's not a good thing. You don't want to feel, you want to feel energized. That's the first thing. How's your breathing? How's your heart rate recovery? You know, check your heart rate after you stop, you know, after, you know, you know, time, it should be dropping 10 to 12 beats or so after a minute or two of rest. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're feeling edgy or agitated, your heart's racing, you know, several minutes or five, 10, 15 minutes afterwards, and you're just feeling worn out, then you're probably overtraining. If your appetite's off that day, if you're just, if you're, if you're not, your brain's not thinking properly, it's just learning to listen to your body. But you know, a lot of people get like, you know, the aura rings and things like that. You can track your heart rate variability, your, your pulse and breathing and your sleep, et cetera. And those are great. Those are great. But if you don't have it or you don't want to buy one, those are some simple things you could do. Track your heart rate, track your blood pressure, you know, uh, or not even your blood pressure. Just check your heart rate, check your pulse, you know, check your breathing rate. See how you feel after, you know, and then when you're going into the gym the next time, do you, are you ready to go? Are you feeling motivated or are you kind of like dreading it? You know, if you're dreading going in and you're feeling crappy afterwards, you're probably, you're probably overtraining back off a little bit. Uh, so Junior is asking rest in between exercises or do back to back. So if you're pairing exercises, like, like I said, A1, A2, if A1 is your squat and A2 is your chin up, you would go back and forth. So you would do one set of the squats, rest 90 seconds, do one set of chin ups, rest 90 seconds, then do another set of the squats until you finish that series. And then say your B series is something that's like a less of a big exerted movement. So say your B series is some sort of lunge, then you would do one set of the lunges and then 
maybe you're going to pair that with another pull, like a dumbbell one arm row, do one set of that, and then go back and forth until you complete that. And then for cardio, so it, it depends a lot too on like what the goal is, how much time somebody has, you know, these are all things that we both go over in consults. Um, Cause your metrics like blood pressure, blood glucose, heart rate, all that stuff will determine what type of cardio you need. You can't go wrong with aerobic work. Nobody can be too aerobic unless they're a professional athlete and they have to compete at a certain energy system. But walking is fantastic. If you can do that, awesome. If you have to get it in while you're at the gym, like I was at the gym today, two and a half hours because I had to get my cardio in because I'm in a phase doing cardio, then get it in there. But you may just need to start with strength training. I wouldn't add too much too soon unless you have high resting heart rate, high blood pressure, all that stuff. Then you'll need more aerobic work at the beginning because the fall off with that is very very low whereas if you miss a, if you start with just training no aerobic work and then try to do aerobic work it's going to be a little bit more difficult but when you do your aerobic block it lasts a very long time the drop off is very low so it, yeah. it, a lot goes into it it's hard to just be like yeah here do this so yeah and it kind of depends where you're coming from if you're overtrained and not sleeping and playing then you probably maybe even omit it and just do a couple of days like ali said a three three days of lifting and then just walk on it on the other days. Don't even worry about treadmills or hit intervals. Just completely back it off and your, your body will thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you. Well said. Yeah, we're trying. Jay Bird just joined. He may have jumped off. It doesn't tell you when people leave, which is fine. But anyway, well, Bye. we only have six on right now. So, <laughs> but that was a good discussion because I, I, you know, and I think that's something that will yield like another part two. Thank you, because it can't be said enough, you know, and it and it's, um, it's one of those things that if we repeat it, then you know, more people will see it and all that stuff. So I know. So next week, you guys, I turn 39 October 9th. Um, I'm going to be selling an ebook for a massive discount, because I posted about what workouts you want. So it's gonna be 39 workouts. One ebook will be dumbbell based and for home, and then the other one will be gym based workouts with metabolic workouts and with you know hypertrophy or muscle strength building workouts. So you'll get to pick which one you want to do. So keep a lookout for that. Also, if you guys are interested in actually getting a personalized game plan from both Eric and myself, you can uh, hit the link in our bio and there'll be a link that says consult with, with Dr. Eric and Allie and you'll get a full consult with both of us and then you'll get a game plan where we talk and it's actually everyone on the same page and then you get a full plan of attack from there. So definitely look into that. That's all I got. How about you? Yeah, no, that was, we'll, we'll do a part two. And like Ali said, join us, uh, tag on the link above. You can get a dual consult with the two of us. You get a double whammy, uh, the best of both worlds, and we'll make it the best rocking uh, plane that you can have. Nobody else out there is doing it. So join us and reach out. Anything you guys want to know about, message us and we'll talk about it. Yeah, because definitely, shit, if we can get people doing less, you know, metabolic, high-intensity BS, I mean, the world would just be such a better place. What did, what did Arnold say? Make America lift again? We need those t-shirts. We should have worn those t-shirts. We're going to order those. We'll you guys on. are very, very welcome. Um, 
I thought you were 29. Yes, thank you. That's why I cut my hair so I could look younger. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Love guys. You Have a good one. Later. Welcome to Dr. Eric's Relentless Vitality Podcast. Our focus is on optimizing physical and mental vitality, maximizing performance, and extending lifespan. Dr. Eric is a licensed physician with a wealth of expertise in age management and preventive medicine, whose goal is enabling his patients to stay young, feel their best, and enjoy a higher quality of life.